Hello everybody. Before this episode started, I did want to let you know that once I was editing it, I realized there's some weird feedback probably from my microphone. Um, It really only shows up in the beginning and then just a little bit in between, but I tried to get it all out. So just wanted to give you that warning ahead of time. I hope it doesn't bother you too much and I'll make sure this doesn't happen again for the next episode. Thank you so much and enjoy today's episode. Thanks. Teaching is a work of heart and a whole bunch of other sh- Join in to listen to the good, the bad, and the ugly of the teaching world with current and former teachers. Welcome to The Reality of Teaching with Megan Dorsey and Friends. Hello, everyone. Good morning. I hope you're having a wonderful day so far. Um, I'm super excited about today's guest, someone I've connected with for a while now, and I'm so glad we're finally able to, to talk. So hello, Maria. How are you today? I am great. Thank you so, so much for having me. This is my first time being like featured on another podcast, uh-huh. and it's so exciting. I'm, I'm super happy to have you here. Let's start off with just kind of sharing about you and your podcast and your experience with teaching so far. So my name is Mariah Nichelle. I am currently a ninth grade English teacher on the southwest side of Chicago. I also have my own podcast called Learning Through My Life, so everyone please check it out. Um, And so far, teaching has been a bit of a nightmare. I started right after the pandemic hit. I didn't have a college graduation, and now we're back, like, fully in person. Well, it's been a whirlwind. It's been a lot, and it's been interesting, to say the least. Absolutely. And how would you say like your experience so far has led up to your expectations of what you thought it was going to be or your training, like anything like that? Sure. So my training definitely painted teaching as something completely different than what it is. I don't know if I can blame the teacher preparation program because they probably weren't expecting a pandemic either. Mm -hmm. But honestly, Teaching just is not what it used to be, which is both a good and a bad thing. Like, good because we should always be evolving. We should always be learning, growing, being better. But I don't think that's what's happening. I feel like things are getting a lot worse. And especially for teachers, like, I've never seen so many teachers talk about what they go through before. And if anyone follows me on TikTok, at Michelle Mariah, like, Sometimes people complain you're so negative, and I'm like, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just really trying to spread awareness about what we go through on a day-to-day basis. Yes, I get that all the time. Um, I've been told horrible things before for sharing my experience. Um, I just posted about like harassment and violence in the workplace, and I mean, not to be too graphic, but people literally told me to like harm myself, basically. Um, just because I'm speaking out and it's so disheartening because I think people do want you to be that like perfect teacher. That's just like, here's my classroom. Like I love my students. Here's my teacher outfit and here's our cute lesson that we're doing. And Mm -hmm. all my kids loved it and everything went perfectly. And I have no complaints. (laughs) It feels like teachers were the only occupation that's not allowed to complain. Like the minute a teacher says anything is the minute that it's a problem. And I don't understand that at all. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously, if you're someone who's, um, you know, posting, you know, cute outfits and things like that, totally fine. But it's it's the people who 
decide like, oh, you can only post that. You can only share that. And I think too, anytime you speak out, I mean, I've said this before, but when I posted about teacher tired and and feeling kind of sad and depressed because of the workplace, people told me to quit. And then I quit and people were like, how could you? And I, I was just so lost because I'm like, you guys, it's just, you can't respect a teacher's opinion. That's all it is. Yeah. And the number of people, like I still, I feel like I'm going through a quarter life crisis, but a year early because, you know, overachiever lifestyle. (laughs) Hey, I did the same Um, thing. (laughs) And everyone is telling me just to leave the profession as if it's so easy to do that. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. Like it takes time. It takes effort. It takes knowing what the heck you're doing to leave. And it takes a lot of courage to leave because Mm -hmm. it's not easy at all, you know? Yeah. And even just, I, I think it's important to recognize that, that even if it's like in my situation and I shared that it, it, it got violent and stuff like that. And people are like, Oh, it makes sense. It makes sense why you left. But I think it's really important for any educator to understand if they aren't feeling it anymore, it is just a job. It is okay to leave. It doesn't matter if it's an extreme situation. I've talked to teachers who have the best school, they say they love their coworkers, they love their students, they get to choose what they teach. Like they still can't figure out why do I want to leave? And the truth is it's just the system itself is not a sustainable career. So it makes sense. Like no matter what you're coming from, um, no matter what, it's okay to even just I've had friends question it and then they stay, and that's okay too. Like any path is okay, but we just can't tear each other down for staying, leaving, taking a break, whatever it might be. For sure. Because I feel like sadly that happens a lot, especially we're both on TikTok, but I feel like there's a lot of judgment with whatever you decide to do. There's someone out there that's going to judge you for it and say, well, you complain so much, why don't you quit? Or why are you complaining if you're staying? It's a never ending battle. And it's like a cycle that's just, we're already excited. exhausted (laughs) but that I think honestly adds another level of teacher tired is all of those negative comments that I don't know about you but they really get to me sometimes it's hard to not let it get to me yeah I mean I have tried to shake some off um but when I like open up about stuff or say like this is why I'm leaving teaching I mean people commented I had a, a teacher comment like I've been teaching for 30 years I'm glad you left we don't need people like you or yeah things like kill yourself and I'm just like whoa (laughs) I mean I've literally talked to my therapist about it because I'm like I know it doesn't matter and I know I should just be like oh it's just trolls but some of them especially if they come from fellow teachers I'm like ow (laughs) that hurt yeah and it's, it makes you wonder, like, what kind of teacher are you if you're talking to me like this? Like, mm-hmm. do you talk to your own kids that way? Like, right. I mean, I call my, my students my kids, but, like, how can you talk to any human being like that and then say that you're a teacher? I don't understand. Yeah. It just it makes me have a lot of questions about who these teachers are, you know? For sure. And, like, if, even if you love your job, and I think – there are so many teachers out there who are staying everyone I know, whether they've been teaching for 30 years or five or whatever it might be. Every single person I talk to about teaching right now 
can admit that it's not a good time right now. So if you're out there and you're a teacher commenting these mean things on other teachers' accounts, I'm like, where do you live where you're having the best time of your life? Because there's just no way. It's just not possible. Because I will relocate to try something new because I can't. Mm -hmm. What is it like? Just give me a day in the life of Mm -hmm. your life or a week in the life. Let me see your day-to-day and how is it so positive. And a lot of people will try to tell me like, oh, you should. Someone once told me because I asked for advice on TikTok and they said, you should try to work out. And for me, that was really offensive because I was like, one, I have body dysmorphia and a lot of body image issues. So what's like, what kind of advice is that? That's not an end all be all for all bodies or for all people. And yes, I'm asking for advice, but some advice can be so harmful and detrimental that you can't even like fathom where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. The number one piece of advice I've gotten is to go to therapy, which I'm proudly in. Mm -hmm. And the second one, a lot of teachers are on medication because of this job. And that is what terrifies me. I am the same exact way. I, I on TikTok didn't ask for advice when I talked about teacher tired, but I had a thousand people comment that I just need to take vitamin C. I need to get up early and go to the gym. I need to eat whole foods and stuff like this. And I was like, you are not listening to a word I'm saying. It has nothing to do with that. Um, and I even said in the video that it's for three years, I was trying all different types of things because at first that's what was told to me. I believed it. So I was like, Oh, I'll change up my diet. I'll change up my workout. I'll do this stuff. Doesn't change the side effects of a career that's just takes advantage of everything that you are. So of course you're exhausted, no matter how great things are going or how bad you are. But, um, but aside from that too, it's like, it's so hard when people are just nudging it and making it seem like it's so easy to fix with just like a workout like that just uh, it's like a small paper cut that you can just put a band-aid on and mm -hmm. it'll be absolutely fine no yeah it's a severe it's like a broken leg like it's something severe and profound that you have to do a lot of work for and Mm -hmm. sometimes you can't fix it sometimes you know Yeah. And I think something that I had the same experience too with kind of letting my coworkers know that I'm not doing well. And I mean, a lot of people told me they were on medication and if you're on medication, you know, that's your choice and that's okay. But for me personally, it kind of scared me that that's it's kind of like hidden, like people don't really talk about it until you say like, oh yeah, this job is making me have anxiety attacks and like I'm, I'm, you know, really freaking out. I'm losing sleep and stuff like that. And just the whole room being like, oh yeah, we all went through that. You just get on some meds and you're fine. And it's like, what? What? Who was going to tell me this part? Nobody said that in, in my teacher training that like, oh, and by the way, this is going to do some mental stuff to you to the point where most people you know who are teachers have to go on a medication. Or have to be in therapy. Yeah. And, so, and a lot of teachers are in intensive therapy. Yeah. Because of our jobs, let alone if we have our own like personal life, personal life issues. Oh my God. Yeah. Which we all are, but teaching, like I think about my own therapy sessions and I can have a whole session just talking about my day at teaching. Yeah. Like just one day. <laughs> One day, 
and I only get 45 minutes a week with her. So it's like something's got to give because at one point I was in therapy three times a week because of teaching. Mm -hmm. That's terrifying. And that's so sad that I was at that point, but it's also not cheap either. No. To be on medication and in therapy and dealing with all of this and trying to have a personal life and trying to find a work life balance like on a teacher salary. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other yeah. Whole other component. Yes. It's I mean, I did like literally in December was when my sessions switched over into teaching. Every single week was like this is what happened. I would start the session already in tears, like and just be like, oh my God, like what happened today? And blah, blah, blah. And like from December until March, every single session, I have other stuff I'm working on, deeply rooted stuff I was working on. And it just all came to a halt because I was like, I have to talk about what's actively happening every single day because I don't know what else to do. And I mean, it got to the point that my therapist, she's amazing. She literally said, there is nothing, there's no other coping skill I can offer you anymore. Wow. You you have to make a tough decision to either stick it out like this or leave. So, but I mean, that was crazy because she tried so many things. Oh my gosh. And it just got to the point that she was like, there's nothing left for you. Wow. That's, I'm so nervous. My therapist is going to say the same thing to me. Oh no. <laughs> I didn't even know therapists could say stuff like that. I know. It shocked me too. I was like, wait, what? Excuse me? Say that again? Yeah. That was a wake-up call for sure. Um, but with all that being said, I mean, it's another, I think, problem with it is, you know, administrators or district initiatives, they have recognized that self-care is important for teachers and I feel like they got on this like wave of like self-care. And I mean, what my first year, we actually had a training on self-care and I respected it because they gave us the full day off. You had to go to this training, but you got to like work on stuff there. And like, so I, I think they did it the right way, but after, like, it was just one day of like, these are all the things that you should do to help out. And I was super inspired by it. And excited. I even like made a little worksheet and shared it with my team. Cause I was like, Oh, like that one part about finding three positive things every day really like stuck out to me. So I like made it a thing. And that was when, I mean, that was like February, my first year. Then like the next week happened and I had forgotten everything that she ever said, because you just, you don't have time in your teaching life aside from these like one hour presentations to have self-care I mean I can't even go to the bathroom or eat <laughs> so yeah you can't even take care of yourself throughout the day like I forget to drink water I have a huge hydroflask with me mm -hmm. on my desk and that I can see I know I should be drinking water I know I should be eating I know I should sit down for five minutes yeah but I don't because that's how demanding and just unsustainable that this career is you can't even drink water yeah when it comes to it sometimes mm -hmm. which is just heartbreaking within itself yeah yeah I think another thing that was hard for me and honestly like when COVID hit this helped the situation was I was having like kidney problems and the advice of the doctor was like 
I'm not going to go too much into it, but they basically said, you know, you need to go to the bathroom whenever you feel the need to go to the bathroom. Like it's not healthy for your kidneys to just keep holding stuff in. And I was literally like, I will try. And he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're going to try? And I was like, no, I'm a, I'm a teacher. And he was like, oh, okay. Like, it's sad that people understand. Yeah. Yeah. And it got worse until like, that was like an odd silver lining for me when we went remote was that all of a sudden I was like, oh, okay. My health problem is going away because I can now go to the bathroom. Woo. Wow. And that just shows how unsustainable, unsustainable it is. Like, wow. It can cause such huge health issues, let alone like mental health. But also it can really cause physical health problems as well. And I never even thought about that, like, Mm -hmm. in the long term. What could that look like for me? Right, right. Wow, that makes me a little nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's not the goal here. But um, kind of on the other hand, I mean, I love how focused you are on mental health and your mental health and the mental health of your students. Um. And I seriously, I mean, every time I see a video, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. So what are some either like reasons why that really matters to you or some things you do in your classroom or for yourself, anything like that? For sure. So mental health matters to me so much because I struggled with mental health so much in high school. And that's when I was first diagnosed as depression and anxiety and PTSD and my teachers were like another set of parents for me. They really took the time with me and they let me talk to them after school. They let me meet their families. They let me like genuinely get to know them and see them as people. And they didn't belittle me, Um, which is exactly why I went into high school teaching because I wanted to do that for kids too. And Mm -hmm. some ways that I do it is in my classroom, I have a huge bullet board in the back that says, you matter. And that will always be a part of any classroom that I'm in because I teach freshmen. One of my boys, he told me, Miss, no one's ever told me that I mattered before. And that broke my heart because he said it on day one. And I was like, you're 15 years old and no one has told you that you mattered before. Mm-hmm. That's how sad it is. And that's why I continue to do what I do because kids should know that they matter. They should to know that it's okay not to be okay. They should know that their feelings are valid. They're allowed to feel. They're allowed to not be happy all the time. They're allowed to have these complex feelings at such a young age. So I honestly just hope that I'm inspiring whatever students that I have to be better, reach their full potential, and just take care of themselves because that's what I needed in high school, and that's what I had, and I just want to be able to give that to the next generation. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot, there's so much that comes with that too. I like for me, that was partly why I got into teaching was there was some, you know, hard stuff that I went through and I felt just so supported by some of my educators that I was like, this is what I want to do too. And I mean, I know that I've left recently and I have no clue if I'll return, but like one of the proudest things I did in that time, even though obviously it seemed to deplete me was I just, that part was the most important to me. And like the relationships that I had with students 
so big props to you for teaching middle school because I thought <laughs> high school was hard. Middle school, you deserve everything good in the world because I could <laughs> oh not. Gosh. Ninth graders, we call them frozen seventh graders because you know they haven't yeah. been in school for two years, and it's so the immaturity levels. I'm like, just stop touching each other, just stop yes. touching each other. And I'm so, like, miss, don't say it like that. And I'm like, then stop doing it. Like, yeah. some of the things I say in my classroom out of context, people would look at me like I'm an alien with foreheads, yeah, because it's so weird. Some of the things you have to tell the student. Oh my gosh. Yes. In a few minutes. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, just weird stuff. Absolutely agree. <laughs> like put the desk down, put the chair down. Yes. Could you not, could you sit down? Or one of the jokes I had with one of my students, I was like, I'm going to treat you like my puppy. Can you sit? Can mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to, you have to switch up the example. Otherwise they're, they won't listen. They won't. And they love my puppy. So like, they, they for some reason love when I use that. Yeah. Because I show them pictures of my puppy every single week, and they like look forward to it. So yeah, it's interesting what works and what doesn't work. I think now too, just students buy in a lot more than I would say even before when you are real with them because, I mean, they've been through a lot too, even in just the last couple of years, and. They have seen how education's changed in front of them. I think a lot of them recognize it. And they, like, even my eighth graders would say things like, why are we always on the iPads now? Why are we always doing this? And, like, um, even yesterday, some of my, some students, not my students, but some students from my old school spoke at the board meeting. And they even said students should be making the decisions if that impact our education. And I just thought that was, yeah, I thought it was so beautiful. I'm like, it's so true. It gets so businessy and political and kind disgusting. of yeah disgusting and <laughs> the end of the day it it really should just 100% be about the students in in your classroom because they're the whole reason all of these business people and government people and teachers all of us have jobs because of our kids mm-hmm. you know so it's like why aren't we listening to them yeah. they're literally the reason any of us have a job or a paycheck so they should be top priority, absolutely number one priority. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard when so much gets lost in arguing. Like, I feel like there's so much just like adults arguing or just not on the same page. And it's so hard because so many teachers are just in it for the kids, but then you can't you get stopped by things or, Hey, you can't show that, or you can't do that, or you can't say that, or just things like that. And I mean, thankfully we're not in a state that's banning like SEL and stuff, but the states that are, I'm just like, what are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> why? Yeah, like what? Who came up with this and why, what is your reason? Give me, mm-hmm. did you have any critical thinking skills here mm-hmm. at all? Yeah. I just have so many questions for states that are like, like the don't say gay bill breaks Mm -hmm. my heart. Like, what do you mean we can't talk about same sex relationships or that's so divisive and so harmful. Like there's so many kids who have same sex or different families besides the nuclear family. Like that's just harmful to them. With the don't say gay bill, there's just so many implications that come from that that are 
way off. One being this, I feel like newer-ish theory that teachers are indoctrinating their students, which one, with what time, with what resources, I don't understand. When are we doing that? It's not down anywhere. Yeah. Along with that, indoctrination would be giving them only one point of view and making them believe that one point of view, like cult-like. And I feel like in school, the goal is to get everybody's different opinions and show different types of lifestyles. And so just taking that away, that in itself would lead to indoctrination of something else. You know what I mean? It doesn't even line up. doesn't make sense at all. And like you said earlier about, you know, creating safe spaces for students. And I mean, I've had students, you know, tell me their pronouns or something, and then they tell me not to tell their parents yet. And I just don't get how now you can, like in places like Florida, you could get sued for honoring that student's preferred pronouns. And it's like, who, (laughs) like what, I mean, obviously it's an attack on the LGBTQ plus community, but at the same time, it's just like, who has time to even, it's just simply a preference and you want your students to feel welcome in your class. It's boom, it's immediate and like just such an easy way to make that student feel welcome in your class. And now teachers are going to get sued for that. I mean, that doesn't make sense to me at all. Like our job is to create a loving, caring environment for kids because that honestly may be the only loving and caring environment that they have. Yeah. Which shows how even bigger of a problem it is. Like I know for my kids, some of them come to school just because I'm there Mm -hmm. and they've told me that before. Like I can't imagine not respecting a kid's pronouns. Like that's part of who you are, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I've been in situations where I've been told by people that I should call their parents and tell them, or I shouldn't and blah, blah, blah. And like those debates are happening in my schools, my first couple of years. And I'm so glad that now, at least in Illinois, there was training on that. And we discussed how Actually, yeah, you should not be calling home and reporting that, which was always my belief, but it was kind of scary, especially like my first year teaching, having, you know, administration or veteran teachers tell me like, nope, 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 you got to call home. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to call. I'm not going to do it. I mean, I think I even lied once. I think I said, oh yeah, I did. And was like, "Mm -mm, I did not pick up the phone. No. But- just a side note, calling parents is already really hard. Mm-hmm. And it makes me so anxious within itself, yeah. let alone something as serious as that. No, no, thank you. Yeah. And I think calling parents sometimes is great. And it definitely got easier for me over the years, but there are some that will just not support you, whatever the suggestion is or whatever the reason is. And at that point, you just have to say, oh, I have a meeting. I have to go. Okay. Aside from, you know, the bills and, and things like that getting passed, what are some, are there any other ways that you're encouraging kind of the idea of like mental health matters in your classroom? For sure. So a lot of it is really subtle ways. So of course, my decorations are really, really like light and bright and kind of in your face, like you matter. You belong here. You are my you are affirmation station. But it's also in on their assignments. Like 
we had a end of the semester reflection assignment and on it in the directions I say I'm so proud of you and you should be proud of yourself too Mm -hmm. just little reminders like that or we have our morning agenda slide and it'll say welcome back and it'll say you belong here I'm proud of you um you are so loved you are this you are that I have like a little one of those neon signs that I switch out the letters each week so it's a lot of little things that I think makes it so much more of a safer environment for them that just highlights like you are going to be reminded in this class that you matter you are going to be reminded that you're safe here that you are loved here Mm -hmm. I also have a gallery wall in the back of my classroom with just like social justice themed posters like black lives matter um your voice deserves to be heard, let equality bloom, everything like that. So Mm -hmm. really just pouring into my classroom as a way to pour into my kids. I love That's amazing. Amazing. I think something about that that's so cool is that sometimes people think, oh, it's just a poster or it's just this and whatever. But I mean, I had a similar experience at my last workplace. I had, you know, like a pride flag up and a Black Lives Matter sign and things like that. And I had students stay after class to say, I've never seen that before. Or I've never had a teacher like address that in the classroom. And I think, you know, people think, oh, well, then she's indoctrinating. Or like, I've had so many TikTok comments about it. Um, Yeah. I've had someone someone claimed just because in a video they couldn't see the American flag, which is in every classroom in the state of Illinois and I think in this entire country. But they were saying that I took it down and it got on some wrong side of TikTok saying like I am forcing them to do the pledge to the pride flag and all this stuff. And I was just like, you guys are crazy, crazy. Like, don't, don't get it twisted. Also, like, who cares that much? If you care so much about education, you need to fund, you need to fund us, you need to pay us. And like, I think, you know, minus people who view it like that, for most people, it's just this really subtle, but strong and powerful way to show that you actually are welcome in this classroom and you're allowed to express yourself and be who you are. And even though, like, we had very small conversations about it, but I mean, like the, the writing that my students produced was just so beautiful. And one day I even asked one of my students who shared something so beautiful that I literally cried and they were like, yeah, oh my gosh. Like sometimes it's really just takes you away. And I said something like, I'm so grateful that you, I mean, it was, you know, something to do with, with them and, and their identity. And, I was like, I'm so grateful you shared this, like in the classroom in front of everyone. It was a lot of courage. And they were like, I just, I just knew I would be okay here if I did it. And I was like, I literally like bawled my eyes out when they left. Cause I was like, my heart. yeah. And it's those things that matter so much. And I know I've had a kid where I asked them, Real quick, what is something you learned from Miss Michelle this semester? And one of my kids just, he sat and he thought for a second and he said, Miss, you taught me that life was worth living. Oh my God. And when I tell you, I like had to hold back the tears in front of the rest of the kids. That is why teachers do what we do. That Mm -hmm. is why we have our posters up. That is why we have our decorations. That is why 
we take the extra maybe 30 minutes to do a lesson plan to teach our kids that life is worth living, that you are important, that you do matter, and that oh, I can get emotional just thinking about my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I just love and care about them so, so, so much. And I just hope they all know that. And I think that is the most important part about teaching, even though it's so difficult and it's so hard. And sometimes being a teacher just downright sucks. Like, little comments like what you got from your student and what I got from mine, like, that is the beautiful part of everything. Absolutely. Totally. And that I think what comes with that too is just like, we know that teaching is hard. Absolutely. But those little things that happen are just so powerful and they, you know, some days it doesn't outshine what negative things happen, but I would say in my experience, most of the time it did. And most of the days it did as long as, you know, everybody was safe and and stuff like that. But I think you can only do that if you are a teacher who loves their students, of course. And what I think is so important for like society to understand is like the only reason why teachers are there is because we love your students. And in my last episode, person named Jenny was saying that too. And I totally agreed. It was like, we are only here because we love your students. It's, there's nothing else at play here. There's no, like, I want to turn you into this type of person or like vote for this political party. It's nothing to do with that. Um, but unfortunately, like we're at this point in our society where saying things like accept everyone, you matter and, you know, love yourself. It's okay to, you know, have hard days people think that that's horrible. Yeah. I, that's the worst thing in the world. I got lightly reprimanded once for showing Zootopia and asking my students to analyze it with stereotypes and racism. Wow. Zootopia. Wow. Zootopia. <laughs> I, guess I don't we, understand. It's a child's movie. It's rated what? I think it's G. I did not have to ask permission to play that. And it's crazy how that got turned into something else. And again, I got claims of indoctrination and stuff like that. And I was like, I mean, the theme of the movie is to not judge a book by its cover. How are we not going to talk about, you know, what was going on there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many hints that it's about real life situations. And there's so many hints that it's about, you know, judging someone based on their looks or which animal class they belong to. And it's clear as day what they're trying to point at. So I was not making a stretch. That's for sure. But that was the claim. Like, oh, I was, I was trying way too hard with that one. And I was like, really? Was I? (laughs) So it's, it's hard out there to sometimes get these lessons in and, to talk about these things, but I would say most of the time it's always worth it. A hundred percent, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot, I mean, so much of it depends on your state too. Cause I know, unfortunately there, I think Oklahoma and Virginia have like tip lines to call in um, and report teachers who are teaching about SEL, critical race theory, LGBTQ+, like anything like that you can get reported on. 
However, thankfully, I've seen a lot of TikToks about people spamming those on purpose. So they're going to have to find another way because as long as TikTok's got a hold of it, they're never going to get a clear, real report. (laughs) Thank goodness for TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But, well, with all that being said, where... Where are you at with teaching? What are you thinking? Well, I just got out of an interview right now. Oh my gosh. Before this. Yeah. So I want to leave the classroom, but I just applied to grad school to become a therapist. And I think that is my dream job. So I think if I can't find another job outside of the classroom while I'm in grad school, I think I'm just going to stay teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm looking for a new school because I think I'm ready for a fresh start. I've been through a few things that I'm just like, nope, it's time for a new environment, new people, new students. I love my current students, but I'm just ready for a fresh start for my own mental health and sanity. Yeah. Um, so that's currently where I am, looking for a fresh start, trying to figure out grad school, and trying to figure out what my dreams are, because... Like I said, quarter life crisis right now, mm-hmm. and I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but I'm doing my best is all that I can say. And that's all you need to be doing. That's all you need to be doing for sure. And first of all, I'm so proud of you for even taking the, those steps forward. Even just making those decisions, Googling it on its own is a huge step. So, so yeah, you're doing awesome. And well, okay, this advice is going to sound a little bleak, but I promise it turns good. Okay. <laughs> After this experience that I've been through, and now I'm working as a training specialist, I don't know if that's going to be my forever job. It's definitely not going to be. But I think I realized like there are no dream jobs. There are no there's nothing that's a perfect fit because no. yeah, it's it's just we weren't meant to work this much and we weren't meant to you know, I think that's the share quote. That's like, I don't dream of labor, but it's kind of true. Literally. literally. <laughs> At first I was like, yeah, okay. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I think um, something that is so hard, I know this may happen in some other jobs, but it's mostly, I would say teaching, um, maybe nursing or something like that also comes to mind. But a lot of our identity is in the job. And then when you take away the job or you even consider leaving the job, you consider things like, oh, am I I a bad person for leaving this job? Or it just feels like really detrimental to your identity. And I think going through that was horrible. But now on the other side of it, I'm like, it was never the dream job of teaching it just doesn't exist because the society, like the societal view of teachers, the teachers that are in movies, TVs, the teacher training we go through, all leads us to this different <laughs> idea. And it doesn't live up to it. It's not what it is, and for good and bad reasons. Mm-hmm. But I think that sort of realistic part is was at first jarring to me and really sad. And I think I went through all the stages of grief with it. Like I had a super sad phase and I went through a long angry phase. And now I think I've fast forwarded to acceptance and now I'm like, okay, it's, you know what? It's not what you thought it was going to be. 
Now I'm in this training job and now it just feels like a job. You know what I mean? And I, I can't wait to have that feeling where something feels just like a job. Like it doesn't feel like my whole entire life because that's where I am. It just feels like this is my whole life and I don't like that feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, there are ways there's kind of, once you get to that point of like, I don't like how much this is taking up my whole entire life. You've, there are most definitely incredible educators out there who notice that and then they're able to kind of harness the, like whatever the issue is and, you know, only work their contract hours, find ways to really minimize their time at school, outside of school hours, you know, not bring grading home, stuff like that. I've heard some really, really great, you know, stories and also just a plug. <laughs> um, when I was really struggling with this, there's a podcast um, by Angela Watson and she has a bunch of resources and ideas about how to like basically be more efficient when you're at school so that when you're at home, you're only at home and her resources. Yeah. 100% recommend her podcast because when I was kind of going through that phase, it really helped. And it did kind of point out some things I do that maybe take up too much time. And like, it's my own, I mean, we have a lot of work to do, but sometimes it would be my own, like the way that I was grading would just make it longer and there were easier ways to do things. So that's always a step to take. Um, but another step that I always recommend too is what I did was change my school. And um, unfortunately for me, that didn't work. That was a bad choice. <laughs> I should not have done that. But in the same way, I was, it worked out with my life and it was the right decision at the time to leave. And it was one of those things like in the moment I was going to do it no matter what anybody said. So I'm so glad that I went with it and I, and I had this experience and whether you, you know, find a job outside or have to teach in grad school, I think kind of getting a new environment as much as you love your students could be really helpful because it kind of, I feel like it kind of forces you to like wake up and like re reinvest in how you're setting things up, how the year is going to go because now it's new and you have to kind of start over again because they don't really know your reputation. They don't know you. So you have to rebuild, which is a lot of work, but it's also might spark the, the reason you got into it in the first place. Who knows? And that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that this fresh start is what I'm looking for while I am in grad school. So mm -hmm. fingers crossed, yeah. fingers crossed. <laughs> I've got them crossed over here too, for sure. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, that is, I mean, so exciting that you've kind of realized that being a therapist is the goal. And I think it's so important that you have shared that and you continue to do so because a lot of people just in life, not even just teaching, I think choose their job. And then it's really embarrassing and difficult and hard to leave the job that you told everybody that you were going to do or that you went to college for Like there's this stigma that comes with it for some reason, but at the end of the day, you just got to do what's best for you. And I mean, that's seriously all that matters. And as long as it's making you feel good about yourself, then who cares about anything else really? 100%. I agree. Awesome. Well, 
I think we should leave it at that note. It feels like a good place to to leave off yeah. for today. But thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And I cannot wait um, for this episode to come out. And can you remind everyone of your your podcast as well? Yeah. So my podcast is called Learning Through My Life. It's all about mental health and education and just about everything in between. I love it. I listen to it all the time. It's wonderful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I'll also Thank make sure when I post this, I'll, I'll post um, links and stuff so that people can find you too. But Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, thank you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll connect soon so that we can do this again, just the other way. (laughs) But I'm so excited. Me too. Me too. Awesome. Well, have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.